a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. We got a great question uh, for today's episode, and that was how to make my wedding eco-friendly and budget-friendly at the same time. Love this. Absolutely love this question. And the great part is like, they are inherently almost the same thing. When you do something that is more budget-friendly or budget-conscious, and it happens to be eco-friendly, or when you do something eco-friendly and it happens to be cheaper, we kind of fell into that with our wedding planning with how we design things, how I purchase things, how we put things together. Like we accidentally were eco-friendly when really I was just frugal AF because we had no money getting married. And so that's kind of been something that we've taken into we. I have taken into wedding planning that same mentality of like, what excess costs can we cut out? What can we get rid of? Because the problems that we tend to see with not being eco-friendly and not being budget-friendly are, uh, let's see, what what are the ways that weddings aren't very eco-friendly? The amount of trash, the amount of new things that you're required or need to buy or want to buy and the amount of gifts that you give or the, yeah, the whole, the whole proposal box situation, which I did and I absolutely loved, but I think that there's a clever way of doing it that makes more sense uh, than just buying like the, the stuff that says bridesmaid all over it, which to each his own. Like some people get really excited about receiving those, but I guarantee you it's not going to be a long lasting item in, in their pantry. All right. Or cupboard. Most people don't store cups in their pantry, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> In order to be eco-friendly and budget-friendly, first you have to kind of let go of this concept of newness, of like, everything needs to be new, I can't reuse anything. Uh, and you've, if you're already asking this question, you're probably already in that mindset, but if you're listening to this episode and you hadn't really considered that, think of all the new things that you're told that you need to buy. New outfits for all of your events, most of them all white, right? Like every single one, white for your engagement party, for uh, a wedding shower, for your bachelorette weekend, you are supposed to be the one in white the whole time. There's something super fun to that, right? So I'm not knocking that tradition, but that is a lot of new purchases where instead potentially that could be thrifted or passed over and you can wear one of your favorite dresses that you don't really have the opportunity to wear on other occasions. It just happens to not be white. I still would have bought all white. Like I still would have. I love clothes. I also love thrifting. So I would have found a way to get a little creative with that. Um, I didn't though. I bought all brand new ones. <laughs> I saying I would have. No, you wouldn't, Jamie. You literally bought new dresses for all of these occasions. I, I bought like three dresses for my bachelor weekend alone. I was like, it's, it was two days and I brought three dresses. Who am I? Who am I? At least I didn't buy a white bathing suit, okay? I stuck with my black one and it was fine. But letting go of that like concept of newness, of all the stuff you're supposed to be buying, a brand new pair of wedding shoes, a brand new wedding dress. That one's hard for some people. And that's okay. You don't have to say yes to all these. That's the best part. It's like just pick and choose what suits you and what serves you. You can still get a brand new wedding dress if you choose to, or you can get a used one. I think that there's a really bad rap that comes with used wedding dresses. And I wish more people would just be down for it. Um, I My favorite is Nearly Newlywed for purchasing used dresses online. I just, I like how intentional they are with how they do their procedures and such. Uh, I'm sure we'll have them linked in the show notes. Um, But that's a big one. Like my dress was like $200, $300 for alterations. So $500 total, as opposed to a $1,500 dress. And then I'm using something that's already exists and having, instead of having something created, just for this event or, you know, made to measure or what have you. 
Are you feeling lost or overwhelmed with wedding planning? Why does this also sound like an infomercial? <laughs> Take a deep breath. You are in the right place. I've put together this amazing, if I do say so myself, wedding planning checklist that tells you all the things that you need to be doing and when you need to be doing them. A step-by-step -step path just for you. You can grab your step-by-step -step wedding planning checklist now at weddingchecklist.co. That's weddingchecklist.co. This newness also like is for centerpieces or decor. There are, I mean, if you, I'm a, I'm a hardcore thrifter and a hardcore antiquer. I absolutely love used products. I just love, I mean, not products. You, you know what I mean? I don't buy used skincare. That's no, <laughs> but I love thrifting for furniture. I love something that has age. It has a story. Um, you know, there's a history to it because it has, it's, it's not clean. <laughs> No, that's not what I mean. I'm not describing this well. I just like, I like things with character to them. So as far as stuff for your wedding decor is concerned, perhaps it's that you go thrifting for your vessels, for your centerpieces. That's what we did. Um, and I'm not trying to say like, we did everything right. Absolutely not. We did not. We did not do everything right. But we picked and, picked and cho cho chose <laughs> what would suit our needs best. So I thrifted silver teapots and cream, little creamer dishes and um, all of these different vessels for all of the tabletops. So none of them look the same and it was super affordable and I was able to keep them afterwards to decorate my home. That's another great angle to work with. Can you buy anything for your wedding that you can then use in your home? I have a whole blog post that I'm intending to put out about like repurposing home decor or buying stuff for your home that you can use at your wedding. Uh, hopefully it'll be out by the time this episode comes out, but we'll see. Because I do truly believe that if you are balling on a budget, and maybe you are already living together or maybe you're getting your first home together. And it's like, it's sad for a while, right? In the very beginning where you're like, I have nothing. It's, it's so plain. Using your wedding as an opportunity to kind of double dip on this is always a great idea. Uh, for centerpieces as well, you can obviously rent things through your florist so you're not buying them. Uh, that's another great option. Or go minimal, like go super minimalistic. A question I get asked a lot is like, how do I have an elegant wedding on a budget? And I'm like, simplify. Think of Audrey Hepburn and some of those sleek like dresses that she, you know what I'm talking about? Where she's just like absolutely fierce, but it's just a very simple outfit. Think Audrey Hepburn for your tabletop. Think Audrey Hepburn for your tabletop because if, especially there's like these tropical ideas where it's like one monstera leaf in a glass like vase or like the, the hurricanes from Dollar Tree. That would be an awesome way of really still having your theme and like, That'd be an awesome way of still having the theme that you want with that, that like urban jungly feel, but keeping it clean and minimal, but keeping it clean and minimalistic actually just makes it feel even more elegant. So feel free to pare back on some of that. You don't have to dump a bunch of stuff onto your tables. You should probably still have some sort of centerpiece to like ground the center of it. Um, but if you're not into that, you don't, you don't have to. I prefer the look of centerpieces. It looks kind of naked without them, but you don't have to go lavish here. Another great way of being both eco-friendly and budget-friendly is um, Facebook groups. Not the groups themselves, but like, dude, people are selling all of their brand new stuff for cheap, cheap. Or they're not. <laughs> There's some people who like try to sell it for what it, they bought it for and it's like, no one's gonna do that. No, they would just go to the company. Maybe that's a tip for reselling your stuff afterwards, which I was never good at, but I'm also the person that's terrible at returns. For those of you who are terrible at returns, you understand what I'm talking about, right? Where it just like sits by your by your door for like four months. The receipt's with it. It's ready to go. You just you just don't have it in you to go back. I don't know. And then you'll go back to the store 
and forget your returns and then you'll hate yourself even more. That's just me as a person though. That may, may not make any sense to some of you, but to others, you, I know you're nodding along right now. So be careful to not fall into that trap of reselling. I am totally digressing and getting on a tangent here, but you can take advantage of the fact that other people are selling their stuff. Um, that's a great way of doing it. I've heard of some couples like splitting the cost, like going in together on something and then each of the couples using it for their events. That's a little bit harder to do simply because everyone wants it to be like super personal and their, their style and they don't want to copy anybody else or they don't want it to look like anyone else's wedding. So there is an element to that, but like I get, but if you have some friends that are down, like maybe you guys go in on wood rounds together or one mom buys the votives and then every single family from here to somewhere far away to make my analogy make sense just borrows them all the time that was my mom she had like so many votives and they were borrowed all the time for weddings it was awesome which brings me to my next point borrowing borrow you don't have to own it you don't have to keep it you can borrow it and return it we had this one bride who actually borrowed china like plates from a bunch of different family members. And it was so sweet and so sentimental. I mean, she had to work to get a lot of those and it was nerve wracking as heck setting those out. Like sweating, being like, oh my gosh, this is her grandmother's China. If I drop this, <laughs> no thank you. There's like an element of risk involved with that, obviously. But every single table had different sets and the family members were there. Like they were able to be like, oh, this is my grandmother's set. Or like, oh look, that's my set at that table. What a sweet, sweet way of involving your family's history in all of this without renting a bunch of plates. Now that requires a lot more work. And that's something that like you'll just find across the board when it comes to eco-friendly and budget-friendly is it does require elbow grease. What you, you either spend the time or you spend the money. I say it all the time, probably not often enough. You either spend the time, no, probably too much. You either spend the time or you spend the money. So if you are willing to like roll up your sleeves and get on in there, there's plenty of opportunities to make sure that you are both budget-friendly um, and eco-friendly as well. News break. <laughs> Weddings cost money. Sometimes like a lot of money. And I want you to spend your money wisely and invest it into what truly matters to you. So let's make your budget together. Visit weddingbudgetquiz.com now and I will help you craft the perfect budget for free. Free, not free. The last one would be food waste, uh, like just waste from eating in general. So making sure your your catering numbers are really accurate is important. I think the most eco-friendly would be a plated dinner, would be what I believe, where everyone's given their serving, right? And that the chef can like really specify how much they're making with only a little bit extra, but that's also one of the more expensive styles of catering because paying for servers and all that. So it's not everybody's jam, but that's gonna be a great way of doing that. Um, if not, if you can't afford a plate of dinner, making sure that your numbers are as close as possible and making sure that you're not ordering a ton in excess. Or if you do another way of the flip side of that, bring Tupperware, bring Tupperware, bring bags, take this food home with you. So it's not just going into the trash. You paid a lot of money for this food. Like make sure somebody gets to enjoy it. Um, the same can be said for dessert. I do not come for me because you guys know, I've always said this. So much cake gets thrown away. So much cake gets thrown away. I've literally seen a full tear get tossed in the trash. Why? Because at that point in the evening, most of the people are either on the dance floor or getting ready to leave, right? So very few people will return back to eat their slice of cake. Um, I don't know if I said one for that point, but two, uh, secondly, B, uh, not everyone likes cake. If you have 150 people, you don't need cake for 150 people. No way. 
Why? Because people leave early. Some people don't like it. It won't be touched. Instead, and I'm always a huge fan of this, and I'm always a huge uh, advocate for this, get a dessert table. If you want to make sure, like, if you're spending money on food, and you want to make sure there isn't a lot of waste left over, make sure it's something that people actually want to eat. So you can still have cake, you can still have cupcakes, but maybe go for a smaller cake and then offer a myriad of desserts instead. Like um, chocolate covered pretzels and Rice Krispie treats and cookies and brownies and all of these different options because then they're actually eaten so we're not wasting money and we're not throwing away a bunch of food. So it's one of those that's like, at face value doesn't look like it's either budget-friendly or eco-friendly, but why would you spend a ton of money on something that's not going to be consumed and therefore would just create more waste? The last one for that would be uh, drinks. Instead of going for individual servings, uh, like little water bottles for everybody, go for the dispensers. Um, I re usually recommend my clients having three, one for water, one for lemonade, one for iced tea. Yes, you still have the element of cups. You know, you can choose to rent glassware, that is gonna be more expensive. That's not gonna be a budget-friendly option, but that would be taking a step towards being more eco-friendly. You could borrow glassware. That's what we, ooh, that's what actually we did for our wine glasses is we knew someone who had like a ton of wine glasses and we just borrowed them. So that worked out really well for us, but that's not, not, I don't think most people know someone with like 300 wine glasses. That's not a normal thing to do. Uh, when it comes to beer, um, and wine specifically, having an option to recycle is totally awesome. Will everyone follow that? No, <laughs> but at least having a couple of recycled cans available, always a good idea. Now, some people might say that a keg is more eco-friendly, um, which is true, except for the fact that like you're stuck with it and it has to be consumed within a certain amount of time. So for me, I actually don't like kegs. I think they are too complicated. There's too many hassles that come with them. There's like a what is it called? A, a, a jockey box? Jockey box? Yeah, you, you gotta know maths to figure out how to, and keeping it cool. No, no ma'am. No, thank you. So instead, I like using, uh, or like recommending bottles and cans, and then doing our best to recycle them afterwards. Um, and that personally sounds like the best way of doing that, and then you just don't have to worry about the glassware for that. So there are a ton of ways that you can do this. There are a ton of ways that you can be more eco-friendly. And there's a ton of ways that you can be more budget savvy about planning this wedding because it's a lot and it's super expensive. And I think the industry does a really, really bad job of telling you that you have to buy new stuff. You gotta buy all new. It's gotta be all fresh. It can't be touched by anyone else's wedding because then it's got bad juju or something. I, someone asked this on Instagram stories the other day. She's like, can I wear something from my first wedding or is that bad juju? And I was like, I think it only, it's only bad juju if you make bad juju. How many times can I say juju in a 45 second clip? A lot, juju. Uh, so letting go of those preconceived notions, letting go of like this, gosh, multi-billion dollar industry. I just made that number up. It could, it could be million, it could be billion. I don't know. And really kind of leaning into getting creative with this and having fun with it. The, the, the world is your oyster. Okay. That's all we have for this week's episode. <laughs> That's all we have for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you liked it, please jump on over, leave a review. Uh, we, I, we. Jamie, it's just you. Again, you're not, this is not your podcast with someone else. I super appreciate that. That means a lot. And that also tells the, all these podcast companies that um, I'm mildly entertaining to listen to. So if you could go leave a five-star review, that would be fantastic. And until next time, bye guys.